Does anyone not know this parable before I sort of launch into talking about it? Has anybody not read it anywhere? Anybody not know it? Okay, good. So it's quite a straightforward one, isn't it? Yeah? So what, what's the usual interpretation of this, this parable then? How do you understand it? This is a real question. The seed is the word, yeah. The soil is the heart, the soil is us. Mary? Seeds grow where the heart's receptive, yep. Absolutely, lots of reasons why it might not be receptive. Weeds, stones, birds, all of that. Yep, anything else? I think that's, that's it, isn't it? And that is... Um, the interpretation that we're given later on in the story by Jesus. And absolutely, yes, the seed is the word of God. Uh, it's the word of the kingdom. And where it falls does make a difference, yeah? It does make a difference. So then, like me, when you're thinking about this story, do you move in your mind to thinking all about the different types of soil? What's in them? Stony, weedy, thin, pecked at by birds. And then, and it might just be me, but do you either move to judging yourself or others? on the sort of type of soil you are right now, yeah? And getting into, not in itself a bad thing, but getting into how, to, how do I become a well-weeded, well-fertilised field or patch of soil. So I'll, I'll then start wondering about the thorns that are growing in my life, or, which is basically all the hurry and that I get easily distracted and that, that all sometimes chokes out my time with God. And I might wonder about the birds that hover overhead, They could be the critical voices and thoughts and negativity that sometimes pecks away at my energy levels and my motivation. Could be. It's going to be different for all of you. And I might wonder about the rocks in my field. Maybe their um, shame or worry or maybe my need to control things. And then I feel inspired in myself and I think I'm going to work on my personal growing field. I'm going to get it tilled and fertilized so that God's word can take root more deeply and produce a good harvest. Yeah. So that's how I've always understood this parable, and I'm not saying that's not how we understand it, but it is quite easy to get that, isn't it, from reading this story. But it is a parable, isn't it, not a story. And parables are meant to be shocking, funny, controversial, offensive even. They're to make us think and to question And because we're not from the context that Jesus was telling this in, we often miss the subtleties of what what perhaps was shocking or offensive. So can it be this obvious? I know we are given the interpretation later by Jesus, but is there more to it? So how are you questioning the parable? And this is what I'm asking you to do today and to to go away and, and question. So my questions then are, why isn't it called the parable of the soil or the ground? Why does the, thrower, the sower throw seed everywhere and not, just like the kids did, look for the fertile spaces? So is it possible then that we've got it all a bit backwards? So a few weeks ago, and this is not an original idea to me, but a few weeks ago I came across a different understanding of this parable from um, a woman called Barbara Brown Taylor, who's an American Episc- Episcopal priest. 
And I've been thinking on it ever since. And she says, and I'm just going to read from her words. What if it isn't a parable all about us, the soil, but as the title suggests, it's all about the sower? We hear the story and we think it's a story about us, but what if we're wrong? What if it's not about us at all, but about the sower? What if it's not about our own successes and failures and birds and rocks and thorns, but about the extravagance of a sower who does not seem to be fazed by such concerns, who flings seed everywhere, wastes it with holy abandon, who feeds the birds, whistles at the rocks, picks his way through the thorns, shouts hallelujah at the good soil, and just keeps on sowing, confident that there is enough seed to go around, and that there is plenty, and that when the harvest comes, at last it will fill every barn in the neighbourhood to the rafters. If this is really the parable of the sower, and not the parable of the different types of ground, then it begins to sound quite new. The focus is not on us and our shortfalls, but on the generosity of our maker, the prolific sower, who does not obsess about the condition of the fields, who is not stingy with the seed, but who casts it everywhere, on good soil and bad, who is not cautious or judgmental or even very practical, but who seems willing to keep reaching into his seed bag for all eternity, covering the whole creation with the fertile seed of his truth. That's good, isn't it? What if we've got this a bit backwards? This is about extravagant, radical grace. And to quote Justin Welby from his excellent message at the Queen's funeral the other week, This is about not how to follow, but who to follow. It's a sower throwing seed again and again and again. He never gives up, never stops, doesn't wait for the ideal conditions. What does that mean then? And if we're also sowers of seed, what does it mean for us? If we're the sowers too, we're called to sow the word. What does that actually mean for us? Because we're encouraged then, aren't we, to keep sowing and not to worry about where it's going. And to understand that soil's always going to be a mixed picture. picture. But we're just being asked to sow the seed over and over and over. And I hope that you'll think on this and that you'll have your own questions. But the three questions I wanted just to leave us with were, you know, have we given up sowing because we've got worried about the soil? Have we given up because we've tried before and nothing grew? Have we believed that we should be selective about where we throw? And where do you need to sow again and again and again? Because this is a story about the sower and radical grace. And a God is not judging where the seeds are going, it's just throwing it. That's all I have to say. Thank you. That's stunning. Thank you, Anthea. So sometimes it's the simple things that make a big difference, isn't it? And I, I've not ever thought of the parable of so in that way before, which is really interesting. So why don't we just take a moment now, the band will come back up. and.